Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You, and now here's Connie. Yogi T quotes that I'm so inspired by, like you can run after satisfaction, but satisfaction must come from within, and greatness is measured by your gifts, not your possessions. And today's is the best, and it's so appropriate. So it says, "Together we can do what we can never do alone," and I love that because today's guest I feel like is just on the same wavelength as me. A while back, I interviewed Kingsley Smith, who talked about how. Our world has embraced the concept of competition over cooperation, and how, frankly, it just hasn't worked for us at all. But how do we change the mindsets that are so deeply ingrained like these, even if they're harmful and destructive? Hi, everybody. I'm Connie Bowman. I'm host of Happy Healthy You, the weekly podcast, where we just talk about all kinds of ways to live whole lives in mind, body, and spirit. And these kinds of conversations really light me up, and I cannot wait to get to this one. Dwayne Sternholm is a Colorado native with a BS in psychology from Colorado State University, and he has a Master of Arts in Religions. And he spent some time in the Peace Corps, where he learned how connected we really all are. And he's written a couple of books that I am so fascinated by: The Earth Citizen's Guide to Co-Creating the Greatest and Highest Good, and also UEE or not UEE. That That is the question, as well as a whole bunch of screenplays and articles for various newspapers, and he's done lots of other really cool stuff. But I just want to get to this conversation because I know Dwayne and I are just on the same page here. Hi, Dwayne. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much, Connie. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh! I, when I read your bio, I was just I was so excited by the work you're doing. I feel like. There are a whole bunch of us out there that have these big hearts and just have a dream for this world to be a better place. And if we all just get together, which is your idea behind UEE, and what I mean, we could change the world, right? Oh, for sure. That's yeah. the whole p- purpose of it. Uh, we 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 have to take responsibility for the way the world is now, but we also have to take responsibility for making the changes that can make it better. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much I want to talk to you about, but let's just start with what is the UEE and why do we need it here on Earth at this particular time? Well, United Earth Ecclesia. Um, well, uh, people get hung up on the word ecclesia sometimes, but that comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which means an assembly of citizens, not not government, not not religious organizations. It's just average average Joe. And Jane Doe citizens, and so that's why I chose that word to be in the title of the organization. Um, this all started uh, about 35 years ago when I heard a speech by the late great Buckminster Fuller, and um, he was talking about the future and, and how we're going to be doing more and more with less and less. And if you look at computers back then, it was you know a computer filled the room. Now it fits in the palm of your hand, but he was a he was an advocate of world citizenship, and he also was talking about the future of man and humankind. And he said, if we don't change our mindset from being 
competitive and to one of being cooperative that the human race was uh, likely not to perpetuate itself. Um, and so I, at the time I thought to myself, well, how would you even start this process, you know, of changing the mindset from uh, competition to cooperation because there's so many different peoples in the world and different languages and religions and uh, all of that. And I thought, how do you even start that? And this is, of course, back before the Internet. And then the Internet came along and um, I saw the, the attraction and the power of social media and, and the popularity. I said, well, the social media is great. It's great for keeping in touch with your friends and family and those kind of things. And But it really doesn't do a lot to promote the evolution of humankind. So I thought, well, if we can adapt this technology to 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 start that process and create a platform where we can work together to to work towards the greatest and highest good for everybody. And so that's what we've done as uh, in the founding of the United Earth Ecclesia is to provide that platform so we can start assembling uh, a an association of trustworthy individuals that can uh, work together to try to decide what our biggest problems are, look at try to come to an agreement on what the best solutions for these problems are, and then once we decide on the solutions in statistically significant polls, we will act in mass to try to affect those uh, action plans into mitigating those problems. So wow. that's kind of it in a nutshell. And again, we're just getting started. It's, it's an unprecedented uh, concept. It's kind of social media with ethics and integrity. Is, is a good way to put it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's no small it, feat. <laughs> this, no, this I, taking I'm thinking on a, on a macro <laughs> level. Some people start at the local level. I'm thinking I'm starting at the other end on the global level. And hopefully both the areas will meet at some point. Yeah, you're just going for it. I love that. I love that. <clears throat> Can you just clarify that UEE is not a religious organization? No, it's not a religious organization. It has a... Uh, a spiritual uh, mm-hmm. side to it because we're all basically uh, spiritual beings with just encased in bodies made out of stardust. You can use the word metaphysical if you if you don't like the word uh, spiritual, mm-hmm. um, but um, this is kind of comes from my studies uh, at the Isle of School of Theology, or my master's thesis. I wrote my master's thesis on the metaphysics of love and. That, the reason I chose that is because that seems to be the common thread that connects every person on earth. Uh, everybody uh, tends to love and is made out of love. And even, you know, thoughts and uh, things that, that happen in the world that are you might consider paranormal in terms of ESP or psychokinesis or any of those things or uh, the miracles that people like Jesus did, there has to be a, a, an actual mechanism behind those things that, that is driving that. And so, um, and that's the, the thread that connects us. And I, in my master's thesis, I called uh, the energy of love. I made up my own word called linergy. Uh, and that uh, is, I, I recently came across a, a, another person that calls it the, the, the God particle or there's a lot of different names for it, but it's 
it's the common thread that binds us all. Yeah, yeah. And you talk about in the book how in all the different cultures, there are all these different names, chi, prana, um, right. The Holy Spirit, and and it's all just semantics, really. But it's all right, love, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It, and you know, the uh, science hasn't come to the point where it can detect those type of energies uh, because they're on such a different level than than the physical realm. Well, the Heart Math um, Institute is doing that work right now. Are you familiar right, with that? And, and yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The heart is the one that detects that. Yeah, in a big way. I love how you talk about in your book when you presented your thesis, the profs there, I guess they went, they said, like, what are you going to do with this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> well, here it is. Here it is. I was going to use it as a teaching tool. Yeah, this is great. This is great. So, but it doesn't. Go it doesn't ahead. cost anything to become a member of the organization, but it does cost a little bit of a commitment uh, in, because anybody that becomes a member has to attest to the Earth Citizen Covenant. Yeah, if you don't yeah. mind, I'd like to read that to you. Oh, yes. Go ahead. The Covenant. And that that is all covered in the second part of the book. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and read The Covenant. That's, that's a good question. Uh, United Earth Ecclesia Earth Citizen Covenant reads as follows. As active United Earth citizens, we promise that we will not harm or trespass in any way on the person and property of any other United Earth citizen. That includes a promise to uphold the bonds of trust that connect all United Earth citizens who have sworn to this covenant. As loving United Earth citizens, we promise to love one another and act towards others as we would like them to act toward us. As rational United Earth citizens, we promise to promote world peace and protect every United Earth citizen's right to total individual freedom, as long as that freedom does not harm the person or property of any other United Earth citizen. Finally, as responsible United Earth citizens, we promise to strive to do everything we possibly can to protect and improve the ecology of our communal environment. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's, there's nothing earth-shaking in there. Right. It's, it's just some of the basic tenets that we've learned uh, when we were kids, uh, the golden rule, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. But if you just stop and take a moment and you think, well, if I had a choice to do business with somebody who had attested to this covenant or someone who had not, who would I choose to do business with? Or if I had a choice to have a romantic relationship with someone who had attested to this or someone who had not, who would you choose? Or if you had a choice to elect someone to public office, whether it be a mayor or a governor or a president, who would you choose? I would hope you would choose the one that, that has the um, the same way of thinking as, as is expressed in the covenant. Yes, yeah. I, I love that. And I, I, you say uh, several times in the book, and I say this all the time, I've said it for years, we're all in this together. And I think that's something that we forget as human beings. You know, what happened? No man is an island. I mean, there's so it's been said in so many different ways, but we are really all in this together. I mean, if our environment goes down the toilet, we're all screwed. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, I was a, I was a, a big proponent of Buckminster Fuller, mm -hmm. and one of his quotes that I really love is, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Yes. And so that's what we're trying to do here, is create a new model that makes the old model obsolete. I mean, this competitive nature that we have is 
stems way back into caveman days when it's uh, you know the survival of the fittest mm-hmm. eat or be eaten um and it and it's in it's ingrained in us enculturated in us by our society you know in first grade you're given grades for your performance in school and you know you're in competition with the other students to try to get the best grades and and it's carried on through sports and I'm not saying competition is a bad thing Mm -hmm. but we just have to keep it in perspective to where uh, it's just uh, a part of our existence but it's not the end all be all right we all all psychological studies have shown that uh, the when you when you have groups that cooperate, their outcome is is much more uh, positive for the whole group than when you're in a competitive environment. So if we just work together, um, you know, just think how many hours and hours, billions of hours every day is spent on the internet, and how much of that time is spent, you know, trying to co-create a better world. Very little, you know. It's shopping and games and social media and those kind of things. If everybody would just spend a little bit of that time, you know, working together and identifying the problems that we have and trying to find solutions and and putting those solutions into action, we could we could do amazing things. We totally could. Yeah, just like the tea bag says. Well, let's let's get sort of specific here. So one of the things you talk about in the book that's really necessary before we can advance as a human species is to make sure that everyone has their needs met. Oh, my gosh, that's a huge issue. Can you talk about that? Maybe talk about examples that you learned while you were in the Peace Corps, which seemed to be inspirational for you. Well, when I, my experience in the Peace Corps really taught me that that we're all the same. We, we all laugh, we all cry, we all want to love and be loved. Um, and, and it doesn't matter how much money you have. Uh, you can be happy if you're poor as long as you have a roof over your head and food in your belly and potable water to drink. Um, and the earth has plenty of resources to supply those basic needs to, to everybody on earth. The problem is, is they're just not, uh, not distributed equitably. Um, and unfortunately, um, because of this competitive drive, uh, we've built up these armies and armaments and all these weapons and all these all these resources are being being diverted into the militial type of uh, activities and products where if we could just divert even a, a fraction of that into um, providing the, the basics for every person on earth, uh, there would be enough for everybody. And in order for people to really move forward and move up the ladder of self-actualization, as Carl Rogers talks about, uh, we need to make sure that everybody has uh, food and water and housing, and just it will just take a, a cooperative effort on everybody's part to, to make that happen, and um, really take a look at all of this militial type of activity that really doesn't do anybody any good. Um, yeah, where do we start with that? Where do, where would the UEE take some, some, I guess it's political action, to really sort of get involved in those kinds of issues? Yeah, well, um, we're on, the, on the website we do have an area of, of polls, and uh, that's where I came up with my little tagline, 
political networking and P-O-L-L, okay. uh, political networking for collective consensus. And so uh, one thing that we're, we've got, one poll that we've got on there right now is, is uh, what international issue concerns you the most? And this is from the World Economic Forum's Global Risk 2014 report. And it has things like uh, fiscal crises, water crises, food crises, climate change, government's failure, income disparity. And so we're asking uh, regular folks, you know, a lot of Christians ask, well, what would Jesus do? Well, what the United Earth Ecclesia is asking is what would the majority of average, loving, trustworthy, hardworking Earth citizens do? And so we're giving them a choice. So which of these issues is the biggest one? Which is the one that we should should tackle first? And so once we identify that through statistically significant polls, then we'll we'll go through the same process and say, okay, well, what can we do to to change this or to mitigate it? And so we'll it's going to be a very much member driven uh, process where. Members suggest different options. They have, will have chat rooms and discussions where people can can give their opinions, and then again we'll have votes and come to a statistically significant consensus uh, on which uh, action plans we should institute to try to mitigate these things. And then uh, once we've come to that consensus, then we will enact those plans in mass, uh, kind of like uh, AARP does when they don't like legislature they all write petitions or uh, do boycotts or whatever it's going to take to to change those things or elect their like-minded politicians to office if mm-hmm. that's what it takes so it's a so super a lot of options super democratic process there yeah, yeah. and it's going to be member dri- it's member driven it's it's not this is not about me i'm just providing the platform it's what what the people of the earth really want to set as their priorities and how they want to go about um, prioritizing them and what action plans they want to utilize to make these changes. Gosh, what uh, that sounds like awesome. If we could just get everybody together, I feel like it would, oh, we could generate so much, uh, so much energy, just, just change things so much for the better. Um, yeah, well, we're just starting the process. Yeah. You know, we need, we need founding members. That's yeah. where we're at right now, just recruiting founding members. You awesome. can go to our, our website, which is exloxlo.org, uh, and become a member. Um, we also have uh, a registered collective mark, which is uh, on some products that we sell to try to, to uh, alleviate the financial pressures of having a website. But uh, it's, it's really all about what people... Uh, good, honest, hardworking people want to do. I, I, I've met a lot of people in my life, and uh, of all the people I've met, I, I would say 80 to 90 percent of them are just those good, honest, hardworking people who just want to live their lives, raise their families, and you know, live in peace. And unfortunately, the other 10 percent are the ones that, that create the problems in the world, They're, and they get most of the press because the press likes sensationalism. Yes, the um, negative bias that we've yeah, gone into. But, yeah. but we need to have a platform for that other 80% to get together and and really help us uh, co-create a better world. I agree with you, Duane. I think most people just want what you're talking about. It's just a matter of 
how do we get there and how do we create the time and the space in our lives to think about these things? Because it's almost uh, such a luxury to be able to spend some time. But it is, it's a mindset shift and we can do it. We can do it. Let's get a little um, esoteric here and talk about some of the stuff that I love to talk about, the power of the newosphere. Teilhard de Chardin talked about the newosphere. Can you explain that and talk about how this lenergy that you talk about is actually in the newosphere and we can all tap into it? It's so cool. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, uh, he, he was a very inspirational uh, person in, in my studies. Uh, he was a French paleonographer who was also a Roman Catholic priest, and actually most of his writings were uh, deemed heretical uh, until after he died, and his books weren't published to the general public until after he died. I think he died in the mid-40s. Um, but he, he, he had several books, uh, the, the Phenomenon of Man, the, the Future of Man, and he talks about... Um, what he calls the newosphere, and nous is comes from the Greek word nous, which means mind. And so it, the newosphere is the sphere of mind that envelops the earth. It's kind of like, um, to, to make an analogy in modern parlance, it would be like the internet of the minds, of all the connected minds that have ever lived on earth. It's all the it's all the thoughts. It's a, it's a actual sphere of all the energy of all the thoughts that have ever been thought on the earth. And we can tap into that uh, depending on the vibration level that, that we are at. Um, and once we, you know, when they talk about things like the invention of the automobile, for example, there were several people that, that really had... Uh, a lot to do with the invention of the automobile, they were all tapping into that same new sphere mindset of, of automobileness, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Almost like Plato's, the, Plato's the area of forms, you know, basic forms, but it's actually a, a dynamic, uh, real um, uh, sphere of energy that envelops the earth and, and it continues to collect all the all the thoughts that we that we make, and and the thought a thought is a thing. It's just it's at such a higher level than what scientific measurements can can measure that uh, they just don't know how to quantify it at this point. But it is an actual thing. It takes a thought before you can create anything, and the concept of energy is basically thoughts that are directed towards the creation of whatever it is you're creating. It's the same same energy that the, the powers that be, or God, or the one, whatever you want to call, use to create the earth and the universe. Uh, it's directed um, energy of love, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, and so let's get really specific here because I've always wanted to have a flying car <laughs> and <laughs> and the ones that they're making are just too big. So I the one of my childhood dream is small and I don't want to fly that high because, you know, if I accidentally crash, I don't want to get hurt. But yeah. the, so the flying car idea is somewhere up in that newest sphere. How can we tap into it so that we can create one that's also affordable and that will not harm the environment? Well, 
You didn't expect to get that question, did you? (laughs) The the flying car is is constrained by the physics of our reality. Uh, In order to to produce all that lift to make the flying car, you do have to have a pretty good size uh, power base, which uh, is going to limit how small you can make it. I mean, if you look at drones, for example, the evolution of drones, drones, you can see that they... They have drones everywhere from, you know, the size of uh, a couple of basketballs to ones that are, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet big. Right, that's um, true. And, and I think that, and I did see a flying car uh, recently prototype that was kind of patterned after a drone with the several propellers. Um, you know, if, if, and if you look at uh, the airline industry, they have a vertical takeoff and landing um, machines that can can rise up and, and rise up vertically from the ground. And so I think it's a combination of those kind of technologies. Um, they probably need to get a different kind of power source than than gasoline engines mm-hmm. or jet engines. Um, but it's all up there. It, 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 are you are you familiar with a, a, a concept called process theology? No, I'm not. Okay, process theology says that that the one or God or whatever you want to call our Maker is uh, is in process of evolution, just as we are, and we contribute to God's evolution as God contributes to our evolution, and we just keep building on each other. Because we're basically a part of God, mm-hmm. uh, we're part. Of, we're, we have that consciousness. We have that creativity aspect that uh, makes us part of God, and uh, we have that same energy level in in having thoughts um, and prayers and meditation, and that's a, a, a harmonizing type of um, uh, exercise that we can utilize to get more in tune with the new sphere and with the, the ultimate maker. Um, and so um, maybe the concept of the flying car is not quite there yet in, in terms of our evolution. Obviously it's not because it hasn't been, it, it hasn't been created uh, to your standards yet. <laughs> uh, but, but it, we're on the, we're on that path in terms yeah. of, uh, we are contributing to that evolution, and we'll get there someday. It's just, uh, you know, God give me patience, give it to me right now, you know. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Well, I want it here while I'm still here. Well, let's talk about that. You talk about in your book the power of thoughts, both positive and negative, and the power of prayer and meditation. How how can we best use those tools, as you say, to stay connected to the newest, to the creator, to the love uh, to the energy. Yeah. Um, well, I think first and foremost, we have to uh, go into the whole uh, talking with God conversation with uh, thoughts of gratitude. We, people tend to always be wanting the next new thing or uh, always waiting for tomorrow, waiting for uh, something coming in the future. And when they should just be really happy and accepting of what they have and and the and the beauty of the present moment that they have right now, mm. 
and and that's where we need to start that whole conversation um, is just have that gratitude and acceptance that what we have is is really I mean if you look at your life look at what you can do you can you can listen to music from the finest musicians that have ever lived at the touch of a button mm-hmm. I mean how cool is that mm-hmm. you can be talking to me how far I don't I don't even know where you live yeah and yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm thousands of miles away yeah yeah mm-hmm. and we're and we're broadcasting out to the to, to the universe and you know some alien may pick up this uh, and listen to it oh and, and shout out to all the aliens you. shout out aliens <laughs> I haven't shouted out to them so we love you too <laughs> but I, I I look at that whole thing in terms of I look at it in terms of, of music or um, anything that deals with harmony and dissonance. When when we create dissonance, we're creating uh, ripples in, in the harmony of the universe, and we're gonna we're making waves, so to speak, and we're not working towards uh, positive creation. When we're in harmony with, in flow, then then we're accepting of what we have, and we're grateful for what we have, and we we're open to receiving those inspirations from the new sphere about what we can do in the future to make things better. So it's just a matter of being in that flow and being uh, grateful that we have to consciously think about and not not just oh I, I wish I had a new car or I need a new house or I want to take this vacation we need to be we need to be grateful for where we're at right now and, and realize how fortunate we are to have all of the wonderful things that we have that's where it all starts I agree I agree and and the beautiful thing about meditation is for me uh, it personally allows me to be conscious of when I am out of that that flow of lenergy. I mean, I I never called it lenergy before, but I love that word, love and energy. When I'm out of that flow, it just it doesn't feel good and I, and I need to get myself back in there. But without a practice of stillness, I feel like I I'm not as cognizant of those times when I'm out of that flow. And that's what yeah. we we want. Yeah. To, to to lessen the amount of time when we're out of the flow. Right? Yeah, dissonance. We want to lessen the dissonance. The dissonance. I, I, I'm thinking about writing a book on dissonance, but mm. uh, my next book. But that and dissonance is is, is a conscious choice. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not paying attention to to that inner stillness that we all have. Mm. Not paying attention to our hearts. Mm, yeah, and it's just a breath away. It really is just a breath yeah, away. And yeah, the, the the you know, Panache Desai really talks about the the power of just concentrating on your breath. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's it's but we're human, and we we stray here and there. And well, you, and and the world pulls on us from a lot of directions totally, too. Totally. We have responsibilities. We got you know, got jobs to go to. We've got groceries to buy. We got all these things that we have to do that uh, take us away from that inner stillness. But the, the ideal is to have that inner stillness when you're not in the meditation or prayer for mode, but mm-hmm. have that inner stillness every second of every day. Right, which takes practice. 
a bit of practice. Exactly, and, and conscious effort. And conscious effort. And also, as the teabag says, together we can do, what does it say? Wait a minute. Together we can do what we can never do alone. I think when we're in a group such as yours or or, you know, 12 step meetings or church or there's so many groups where we're where, right. the, where the consciousness is aligned. It just helps us. I think we do tap into the newest, the noose a little bit better, yeah. the newosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So so get with the, get with your like peeps. Join the UEE. <laughs> um, yeah. Along those same lines, you talk about in the book about hubris and souls that are sort of out of touch or right. in this dissonant play, dissonance place. Um, what yes. do we do? And you talk about what we do as a group with these lost souls, in, especially in this West, Western culture. We have addiction problems. We have homeless problems. We have so many people that have lost that uh, sense of connection and that 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 lenergy. So as a group, how would the UEE help that like what do we do <laughs> well I, I it's it i can't answer that question <laughs> i know it's huge but but, but collectively i think we can mm. I, I, a lot of those people are are in the position they are because nobody loves them for one thing mm. maybe um nobody's shown them kindness uh they have no hope of of improving their lot they feel prisoner to their addictions um and they don't know how to get out of it and they don't have any role models to emulate to try to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and and become a better person there's a there's a lot of different variables there that that Mm -hmm. we need to sift through and and see which ones are going to work to to help those people i and I, i think the biggest one is just just offering help in the form of love, whatever that may be, whether it's just a, a job or a, a training or a, a, a shelter or whatever it takes to, to get them where they're feeling more human and feeling more in tune with with uh, that energy that we have that we all have the capability of being in tune with. Mm, yeah, it's such an issue. And I loved your answer. Your answer was perfect. I don't know the answer. But together, we can come up with an answer. I just, I love that. We just have to get together. And I think the internet is such an amazing tool for that. It's the most powerful tool that mankind has ever produced. Yeah. Thank you, Al Gore. We need to utilize it to be able to, to pull us all up. Yeah. I just thanked you know, Al Gore. A rising tide raises all boats. That's my favorite quote. A rising yeah. tide raises all boats. Yeah. John F. Kennedy. Yeah. It's, it's so true. So true. Will there always be people who just cannot get along? I think there will be. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, there. If you look at the, if you look at the normal curve, uh, you know the the bell shaped curve. You know mm. what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's always going to be uh, extremes uh, on each end where those people are just going to be not reachable no matter what we do uh you know i had i always remember one of my professors talking about the bell curve and he says you know according to the bell curve there's some people that have such acute hearing that they can hear their own heartbeat Mm. wow and 
so but we have to look at that on, on every trait and use that curve and uh, and realize that there is going to be some people that that we just can't help we, they're just actually beyond help uh, unfortunately that's a very very small percentage um, but we will have because in the in United Earth Ecclesia we we don't have any mechanisms for uh, screening people at the front end of, of people who want to join. Everybody's uh, uh, eligible to join as long as you're not an extraterrestrial. Then you have to be an Earth citizen. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, <clears throat> but we will uh, affect things in the back end where if people constantly show that they're not not try trying to live up to the Earth citizen covenant, then they will be barred from the group and and their dissonance will not be able to affect the rest of the group. Did you ever hear of the book 2150 by Taya Alexander? I think it was no, I haven't. It was written in the 60s. It's kind of a uh, futuristic book, which reminds me of your other book that I want to talk about in a minute. But it takes place in 2150, and it's written about a guy. He, I think he lost a leg in Vietnam, and he he in consciousness transports himself t from 19 whatever it is 70 or 60 i think it's 70 something to 2150 where we are he we're living on this macro island it's a, there are two islands there's the macro and the micro and all the macros are doing just what you're saying they're living in cooperation and they have these awesome environments and they they take care of each other and they you know everything is just sort of a perfect utopia but then there's this micro island where people who just couldn't couldn't hang with the macros yeah. had to live and but the truth I could I can visualize that Yeah and the true test of being able to stay on the mic on the macro island was to go over to the micros and be able to stay sort of sane <laughs> Because right. the micros were so insane and the, the, you know, to be able to stay there for a period of time and not lose your mind. And that was a huge test, I think, because you have to lower your vibration so much. But that book, right. that book is an incredible. I don't think it's even in print anymore. But if you want to read it, 2150. <laughs> 2150, I'll write yeah. it down. Yeah, it's so cool. So what is one thing we can do today, this moment? to tap into Lenergy, to to uh, get in touch with the, our our connectiveness, our connectedness. Because, you know, we just came off the holidays in North America, which is a kind of, gosh, I think it changes my consciousness every year, even though I say it's not going to. It's just a, such a commercial right. holiday when it's really a sacred celebration of light and love. But I let it get to me and I get a little, a little bit dissonant. What is one yeah. thing I, I specifically and anybody who's listening can do today to tap into the energy that is there, the connectedness, the oneness? Well, I think there's a lot of things we can do. Uh, you know, random act of kindness is, is, is a good place to start. Uh, you know, buying the coffee for the person behind you at Starbucks, for example. You know, that, that just I think that's just so cool when people do stuff I like know, that. I know. I love that idea. It also is good for Starbucks. <laughs> they yeah. Were, yeah. Another thing I think is is I know for my one of my biggest challenges is when I when I meet somebody or I see somebody on the street, I instantly make some judgments about them, mm -hmm. and and I'm trying really n not to do that anymore. 
because I I don't know what that person's past is. I don't know. I haven't walked in their shoes. I can't judge them, and I hope they don't judge me. So I, I'm just to stop making judgments about people and just accept them for the beautiful souls that they are, no matter what their status or or, or station in life is. Um, just being more accepting, more grateful that we have people in our lives that we that are different that we can interact with that we can learn from and i i've learned some things from some very unlikely people that i think could never teach me anything but i've learned a lot from those people just because i was open enough to to try to reach out to them and try to you know connect with them just connecting with other people is is a big step in that direction, I think. Yeah, yeah, some great ideas. So your books are The Earth Citizen's Guide to Co-Creating the Greatest and Highest Good, but you also have written UEE or not UEE, that is the question, which is sort of, when I brought up 2150, it kind of reminds me of that. Can you just talk about that just briefly? Yeah, I kind of played with Shakespeare in the title there because mm-hmm. the initials are UEE, you can pronounce it as UEs. So we, I, the title is UEs or not UEs. That is the question. And, and it's really posing the question of, well, should I become a member of this organization or should I not? And it follows the life of a girl uh, five years in the future. I think it's set in 2020. I have 2020 vision, you know. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it follows one day in her life, and, and, and there's two different scenarios. In one scenario, she is a member of the organization. In the other scenario, she is not. And it shows the difference that just being a, a me- member of the organization could potentially make in her life in that one day. And it just shows the possibilities of, of what can happen when we do work together to try to co-create the greatest and highest good. And uh, I just had fun with that book. It just, it just uh, kind of introduces the concept of the United Earth Ecclesia and what the possibilities are. And again, they're all possibilities. Uh, nothing is set in stone. It's going to be up to the members to decide how the, how the organization evolves, what issues it wants to tackle, uh, what kind of evolution of uh, there's one whole section of the earth citizens guidebook that's dedicated to the evolution of the internet site of the website and all the possibilities that exist there you know can have a craigslist type of area could have a uh, matchmakers type of area could, there's a, all kinds of possibilities if if that's what the membership decides is important to them um but uh the two books um they're really connected in a way that they show that these are just the possibilities. And in order to make those possibilities reality, we just need the membership and we just need a little dedication on the part of the members to, to work with us on the website and give us their, their poll um, answers, to offer suggestions. There's a whole section there where people can post things. Uh, just like kind of like Facebook or mm-hmm. or other sites like that, and um, you know, again, we're we're just in the beginning stages of this, and we just need members who are who are not happy with the way the world is now, and are looking for 
a mechanism to or a platform to try to help and make some changes, positive changes for the future. What kind of world do you want to leave to your children um, and future generations? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not happy with the way the world is right now, and I think it can be so much better. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason I've been motivated to to do this whole uh, in this whole project, which is. Um, been an effort of love, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can tell that you're totally tapped into that love energy. Thank you so much, Dwayne Sternholm, a.k.a. Dane Starlin, your pen name. For more information about all of your beautiful efforts, you're just so creative and so spiritual and so such a a gentle, compassionate soul, I can tell just from this first conversation. Where can we find more information about the UEE and your books and you? Now just go to exlo.org, E-X-L-O. Exlo stands for exclamation of love, and we do have a collective mark that is called the exclamation of love mark. It's the newest punctuation mark in the world. Uh, just It's just designed to add more love into the world. Uh, and then, you know, what's that old song? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Much too little love. Yeah. So that's... that's you can buy the books uh, at the website. The books are in uh, print print format or ebook format, or we I even did audio book format for both books. And you can buy those right on the website. Uh, you can buy the, once you're a member. You can buy products with the Exlo, uh, the registered collective mark, the exclamation of love mark, and that can be utilized for two purposes. Uh, one when people see that you have this weird symbol on your uh, hat or your shirt or your water bottle, they'll ask about it, and it's a way to open up the conversation about the United Earth Ecclesia and what the possibilities are. And also, if you see somebody, if you're a member and you see somebody that's that's showing the uh, exclamation of love mark, you'll know that they're a member because by, by... definition only members can display that mark and you'll know that that person is a member and that's just probably a friend you just haven't made yet so just go to xlo.org and uh, explore the website take the you know become a member take the polls give us your opinions uh founding members we're in the founding member period they get extra benefits there's a a whole page on uh, member benefits and it there is extra benefits for founding members until we get to a, a certain Flying number. cars. Can you give away flying cars to the family members? <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Dwayne. I, I've loved this conversation. I feel like you'll have to come back and talk about things as, as they expand and grow. And um, you know what song comes up for me? The John Lennon song, Imagine. You may say yeah. I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the yeah. only one. <laughs> yeah. This, so. this, is, this is very, very... Uh, utopian, utopian. Um, but we have to start somewhere. If we don't shoot for the stars, we won't even get to the moon. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Dwayne. Thank you, John Lennon. Thank you, Newosphere. Thank you, Yogi T. We're all just grateful today for these conversations and this opportunity to connect on on whatever level, on a a global level, on a, you know, reaching out to the Newosphere. So have a beautiful day. Joy Camp 2016 is on. 
Join us for some true fun in the sun, June 5th through 8th, 2016. Take time for yourself at this women-only retreat designed especially for you. Enjoy sunrise yoga, meditation, hikes on some of the most beautiful trails in the country, great food, relaxing spa treatments, workshops, and the happiest hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, the iconic luxury boutique Hotel Valley Ho. Optional workshops with Julie Riesler and Connie Bowman will give us all some time to relax, reboot, and reconnect with our joyful selves. Early bird registration begins now. Contact Connie at ConnieBowman.com or Julie at JulieRiesler.com to hold your space. For additional nights at the special Joy Camp rate and spa reservations, reserve soon. Full amount due May 1, 2016. See you at Joy Camp.